So it said on occasion something like, you can be lonely in a crowd. You can be lonely uh, with people all around you. How is it possible to be lonely in a crowd given that, as it seems, there, there are people all around me and I'm not alone? Lonely means I'm alone, right? So if I'm not alone, how can I be lonely? So that's a question we want to try to offer some thoughts concerning which. So uh, here we might want to think a little bit about what it could mean to be lonely as opposed to not being lonely. So one thing to immediately point out is that (laughs) being in a crowd obviously does not suffice to alleviate automatically uh, our loneliness. Why? Because uh, any and every piece of content that comes across to us in our experience is just that. It's simply content. It's simply uh, uh, what we would call different things we see and, and different things we touch and smell and taste and hear. Uh, and um, what do we miss? Taste? Wh- whatever it might be. Uh, and uh, th- this content has to be understood. It has to be interpreted and, and analyzed based on and in light of our own personal, mental, uh, and so forth development. So, for example, uh, we wouldn't think that a fly buzzing in a crowd is thinking, I'm in a crowd of people, right? Who can I annoy more? We wouldn't think a mosquito is thinking, you know, I'm drawing blood from a person, from a human being. I really hope I don't give them any any uh, diseases because they might be a good person, or even if bad, I still don't want to. You know, probably not, uh, because we would suppose that uh, whereas the, the, the behavior, the apparently spontaneous or potentially spontaneous responsive behavior of, say, insects, uh, it necessitates what we would call some form of uh, intelligence, some form of awareness and sentience or whatnot. We wouldn't suppose there to be the capacity to understand at such a high level. So likewise with us, just because I see something, it doesn't automatically uh, uh, mean that I see what you think I see or, or what I'm supposed to see. So, for example, I might see a, a, a perfect a person, what somebody else would call a person, but I know, I happen to know that it's a wax dummy at uh, one of these wax museums. It's super-duper realistic. Somebody else thinks they're looking at it and I'm looking at a person, but I know it's not. I know it's just a wax dummy. Or I know it's a hologram of a, of a deceased rapper, for example, or singer at a concert, but maybe I took... A, my parent or grandparent, they're old-fashioned. They don't know about this technology. So they're like, wow, you know, this is a great concert. After maybe I can go, uh, I can't get up on stage, but I could shake their hand. This is a real uh, person. They don't know it's a hologram, but I know. But we see the same thing. Uh, we're close enough as far as we can tell, right? Because our interpretation is based on knowledge. One person looks at another person and says, oh, hey, mom, hey, dad, hey, guardian, here, hey, caretaker, hey, neighbor. Somebody else looks at the same person and sees, not unless it's a given situation, like two siblings or something like this, or two neighbors of the same neighbor, or two coworkers of the same coworker or manager, right? Ten coworkers can all say, that's my boss. But if it's somebody that has a different relation to this image, then they won't say that. They'll say, I say, that's my mom. You say, that's my grandma, or that's my aunt, or that's my neighbor, that's my boss, that's my coworker, that's a, a total stranger, that's a person I love, that's a person I hate, and so forth and so on. So we see, uh, just because I say something doesn't mean, okay, I know exactly, it's always the same thing. So here uh, we see that concerning, quote-unquote, a crowd, which perspective is there? There's only ever my own perspective. The question simply is, what is at the forefront of my attention? From which 
lens am I looking out at all these other images that I then have to interpret? We assume as a matter of faith, but logically based faith, that uh, uh, the present perspective of, of my own personal self from whatever point of view is not the only possible perspective. For one, I see that my own perspective varies through time. And let's say I'm standing on the right side of a road, I can cross and stand on the left side. And then I see things from a different point of view. I can have plastic surgery and see things, uh, you know, get my nose out of the way if it's too big and see things without my nose in the way. I I can uh, mature and grow and really completely change the the way that I experience reality. I, I, I see that I didn't, uh, before I buy a car, I, I look at the car and I say, or see, or not even see, I experience it as just a car uh, at a dealership. Maybe I like it, maybe I don't. Now I've bought it. I look at it, I say, it's my car. So we see that this, whatever's at the forefront of my experience, can and does vary. So I assume that uh, it, this this holds not just for this single continuous, at least in some ways, Uh, kind of line of development, which I call myself, it also holds for any and all other such lines of development, what I call other people. But as a matter of fact, as far as we can possibly tell, there's only one perspective. It's my own perspective. There's a stadium of 100,000 people. There's just my perspective. It's just that at the front of my perspective is uh, this body and that body and that body and that body and a body from here and there and a psychology that's like this and like that and so forth and so on. Very interesting question, how that could work out as it concerns time, as it concerns space. But these are different discussions. But that seems to be the the account we would now give. So consequently, um, in in this way, I'm always alone. I'm always myself. I'm always uh, looking at things from my own point of view. And it's certainly not enough for there to be other images in my uh, purview, meaning in my view, in order for me to not feel lonely, to not feel alone. So what is, what does it take to not feel alone, to not feel lonely? So we would say that even though it's always my own perspective, it's never, there's no perspective, just the crowd, the society, the world. This is something we imagine from our own individual perspective or see. I see the stadium of 100,000 people, but always from my own perspective, whatever that perspective is. Um, But um, as opposed to that, what, what makes me, uh, uh, alone, what makes me uh, feel alienated uh, uh, is uh, what we would call my selfishness, is what we would call my alienation from the whole, right? First of all, from ideas that are, are uh, broader than the, the, the idea of my own individual self, right? For example, just in the plain sense, I strictly identify with uh, my, my own you know, uh, home, but I don't give a hoot about somebody about the, 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 the homes in general. Not that that's, that's perfectly normal, but just to say, like, as a matter of fact, I care about the clothing that's on me, but not the clothing in the store. So I identify with something a little bit more narrow, but that's necessary and normal, obviously. But also uh, in the um, way that's not necessary is that I, I put uh, the interest of my particular body, my particular psychology and satisfaction of desires uh, above any and all other factors that, that might possibly come across. Any and everything I'm interpreting strictly as to how it will relate to uh, uh, my own, again, the probably unconscious impulses and, and, and semi-conscious desires or unconscious ones. Excuse me. 
my physical desires, my uh, uh, kind of, again, psychological uh, desires and, and impulses and, and things like this. And this is how I'm viewing all of reality. Excuse me. So consequently, obviously, any, any and every, excuse me, other form that I see, I don't interpret them as, as their own uh, real uh, individual, really as myself in a different form, as myself in the mirror. And consequently, I don't feel love and affection and, and true affinity and care. For others, I interpret every other such form as simply an object or a means at my disposal, right? I'm in a stadium. That's the crowd from any given perspective. Uh, I'm uh, walking down the street. This, These are just the bodies like in a, in a movie set, walking down. You know, uh, I uh, have a, a parent uh, or parents, guardians, whatever it might be. These are just roles relative to me, right? Who cares about their own in in their in themselves existence or how the way that they are for themselves? I have friends. It's while they're my friends, while they're supporting me, that they're useful. After that, they're not. The they uh, we no longer get along. Forget you. Now I want you to fail really badly because you're a former friend, not not my present friend. I'm dating you. I'm in a relationship with you. I love you. I want you to succeed. After, I don't, uh, very possibly. After, I want you to to fail, to say the very least, because you left me or you broke my heart, you betrayed me, which is unacceptable, but nonetheless, whatever the case might be. So I see, I'm narrowed down psychologically, philosophically, emotionally, uh, in, in any and every way, I'm narrowed down to something so tiny, so inconsequential, so microscopic, my own little impulses, my own little desires, my own little selfish fantasies, right? So consequently, it's no surprise that, and again, I perceive the whole world, I perceive it doesn't matter, 100,000 people, a million people, one person, everybody and everything, I strictly perceive in such terms, how can it be a surprise that I feel very lonely, whether I'm in a crowd or by myself, right? that I feel alienated, uh, from other people and from the world, quote unquote, and, and from anything broader than myself. It's no surprise because that's a matter of fact. I am alienated. I am cut off, right? But not not because of some kind of fact, uh, an objective fact about, quote unquote, the world, but because of my own uh, ethical uh, uh, efforts or lack thereof, my own development or lack thereof. Just like we say, uh, we sometimes think, oh, it would be so nice to be, a stone-cold, you know, sociopath. Ah, no conscience, no guilt. It will be great. But what we call a sociopath, what we call a real monster, uh, a real kind of uh, degenerate individual is somebody that has taken their alienation and their selfishness to unbelievable heights through a career of favoring uh, their, their, their selfishness. So, for example, let's say that I do to you even the slightest little thing that I don't want done unto myself. I take a penny. Right, uh, I take one penny. I can ask, would I want a penny taken from me? No. Why? Why? W- why would I want a penny stolen from me? I don't. But I take it from you. What do I say? I'm saying with my actions that my selfishness, my alienation, my alienated animal being is more important than yours. Right? I'm I'm cutting myself off from reality. I'm reprogramming my whole inner context to facilitate that, and con- and also to not make me feel bad, to not make me feel. Uh, inferior or guilty or anything like this. I take a little step closer towards total towards loneliness, towards alienation, towards uh, uh, kind of the, the the dark abyss of of uh, being cut off from reality. Right now, imagine that I I, I do something uh, even more flagrant than that. I take ten dollars. I, I steal ten dollars. Imagine I steal a hundred dollars. Imagine I take somebody's life. 
Imagine I manipulate somebody. Imagine that in favor of my animal impulses and desires to feel pleasure, to feel pride, to feel control, to feel power. I do horrible, awful things, goodness forbid, to other people. What would that do to my psyche, to my inner being? Can we imagine? Can we imagine the depths of alienation, the depths of darkness that it is possible for a person to enter into, the kinds of inner death and just utter destituteness that it is possible to be in? It's unimaginable for for somebody that is not in, in such a state. We can only talk. We can't really imagine it. But that's what we would call the inner lives, the inner beings of some of these super duper monsters that have made a real career out of manipulating, out of hurting, out of uh, potentially killing, out of out of uh, uh, robbing, taking things from other people, and all of this. So, at the very least, it's nothing to be envious of. So, if we take that the, the go that reverse route, we back away quickly out of this. Uh, this hellhole that some people unfortunately are in and we make a career out of trying to nullify our selfishness, nullifying our personal uh, 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 corrupted interests. Not to say obviously our personal interest to eat, drink, fine. We're saying in a, in, a, in a little bit more profound way. Make a career out of nullifying all of that. One little act at a time, one little thought at a time, one little connection with another person at a time. You know, I want the, the extra five bucks, but I want to take care of you, so I'll tip you. I want to get the right of way, but I'll let you pass because not because of my self-image, then it'll never work. You know, I'm a good person because I'm recognizing your reality. I'm recognizing my affinity, my connection with the, my affinity to and my connection with the whole, right? With other people, with reality at large. Not again, not because of my self-image and out of my vanity. That No matter what I do, I can be the most charitable person on earth. If I do it out of a self-image or out of vanity, never ever work. So it has to be out of that real kind of uh, effort to recognize the reality of something outside of my selfishness. But with that in mind, I do these little things time and time again. I want to yell. I want to scream. I want to get fired back. I want to curse. I want to hit. But I don't. I hold myself back out of respect for your reality, out of honor for your own existence and your being. And slowly but surely, I should nullify that this uh, uh, this prison that I'm in. These these hard uh, kind of walls of, uh, uh, of of selfishness that currently confine me. And and then if I should do that, then not only will I not feel lonely in a crowd. I won't feel lonely by myself. I'll never feel lonely because to feel lonely and not lonely again is not a question of physical proximity. It's not a question of how close I am, my body is to yours. It's a question of my inner, uh, whatever we want to say, being or state. It's a question of how much I have dissolved my selfishness, my vanity, my self-deceit, my corruption, and all these kinds of things. And if I've done that, it doesn't matter if I'm totally physically alone. I'm not alone. I'm connected. I'm plugged in. I feel great. And if I haven't done that, if I'm sunk in my selfishness, I can be surrounded by as many people as I want. I can be holding hands with with as many people as I want as possible. I can be being hugged by many, many people. It won't help me. I'm all alone and nothing can ever change that. I can have a big family. I can have many children, many many spouses as on occasion happens. I can have a lot of fame. I can have a lot of power. I can get a lot of attention. It won't help me. I will be all alone, lonely in a crowd, lonely by myself. We don't want that. So let's do what it takes to to not be in that condition. All right. Thank you for listening.